Hello, Nathan Foster here, and welcome to the Renovare Weekly Podcast, where each Monday I interview a person around topics related to spiritual formation. And today I'm interviewing Jan Johnson once again. Jan is the author of 22 books. She's a popular speaker, retreat leader, and spiritual director. And today we're discussing her new book, Meeting God in Scripture, A Hands-On Guide to Lexio Divina published by InterVarsity Press. I found this to be a, a wonderful book that I think will be of great help to many people. Um, if you're interested in finding more out about Jan Johnson, you can find her at her website, janjohnson.org. Thanks for listening. Jan, how are you? I'm good, Nathan. It's good to be with you. Yes, it's wonderful to get to do this again. Yes. You, you have a book that has just come out. Could you tell us about it? It's called Meeting God in Scripture. And unlike other books that that tell you why you should do this and how to do this and that kind of thing, this is a book of 40 different exercises. So it's a doing book that you might want to keep at your side um, for a very long time as you work through different passages and you meet Jesus in the middle of it. So I'm teaching people how to meditate on Scripture because many people find that when they are in the Word, they don't really meet God or mm-hmm. they don't hear from God mm-hmm. when they, you know, it's it's checklist spirituality mm-hmm. sometimes or or they have a nice little head trip about whatever's going on, but it isn't really a meeting with God. So that's why it's called Meeting God in Scripture. So, um my thought is that God wants to speak to us in Scripture, and the primary place where that happens would be when we slow ourselves down mm-hmm. and we read the Scripture attentively. So so I help you do all that, and it's <laughs> um, great fun. Um, I have fun doing the exercises, and I wrote them. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think – and I think that comes through. I mean, and, and I don't say this critically – well, maybe a little bit, but sometimes when I read – these or type of things where they're leading people through exercises, I wonder if the person really did them or if they've been kind of road tested. Um, yours certainly comes through as if it has been road tested, if I could use that word. Oh, yeah. And it's great fun. Over the years, I've had students just say some of the most interesting things. In fact, that's usually how you know it's the spirit because you will be surprised. Mm. You could never have made up what came to you. <laughs> Never. Yes. It far exceeds anything we've put into it, huh? And not only that, but as a teacher, you never could have spoken to them the kind of things <laughs> that they hear. And you're just like, it's like being on the front row seat of people's relationship with God. And you're going, whoa, you know, that's, whoa, okay, that's very cool. Yeah. A, a, a bit humbling as a teacher because you, you know it's much more than you could give, huh? Yes. <laughs> and these are, um, I mean, the, the book, uh, the, the subtitle you have is a hands-on guide to Lexio Divina. Uh, right. And it's then, uh, 40 exercises the, for people to go right. through. Um, mm-hmm. and are these, these are exercises you've done with groups through retreats and such for years. Is that accurate? Yeah. Most of them I've done with groups. Um, all of them, of course, I've done myself many times. Mm-hmm. And, you know, see, that's the cool thing about about doing this kind of exercise with scriptures, 
you could do it every day for a week. And I've actually done that with the same passage. Mm -hmm. And something else stands out to me. I have a sense, or maybe it's a deepening of what came the day before. The way I look at it is that when we meet God in Scripture, God is conducting the, the conversation, and I'm not the one to cut it off. Mm. If there's more that needs to come, I'll know the next day when I come to the passage, oh, I think I'll stay in this. Mm -hmm. Okay, mm -hmm. okay, okay. So, it really is conversation with God. Mm-hmm. Instead of trying to get through a book or through right. whatever it is. So, this isn't, I mean, it, you would very much like them if people camped on one of the exercises for a week, huh? Well, if they're led to, that would be a great thing. One of the funniest ones, I'm, I wonder if this, I'm not sure this is in the book, but in John 12, I remember this is where um, Mary anoints Jesus and uh, Judas is crabby about it. <laughs> and I remember, I. I desperately wanted to see myself in the person of Mary, but instead I came out as Judas. Okay. And N.T. Wright says that Judas knew the price of everything and the value of nothing. And I just kind of mm. sat there because I'm very frugal. So I was thinking, oh, gosh, you know, that it was just very helpful to me, especially in a situation I was in. And so I actually stayed in the passage all week. And by the end, I got to be Mary. But, <laughs> um, you know, you follow the spirit. You mm -hmm. don't make this stuff up. Yeah, yeah. I love that freedom to be removed from the compulsion to complete or accomplish. You know, I went through this book. I did the 40 days. Isn't that wonderful? Yes. And I can move on now to the next thing. But just that freedom to let God do what he wants to do in the, in the midst of those. Um, and so it's important to stay away from the question, so how does this apply to me? Because you're still in charge and this is different from application. Application would be if I said, you know, Nathan, you really need to do X, Y, Z. Well, mm -hmm. okay. And you'd sit there and go, well, okay. Mm -hmm. But if Jesus invites you into a new way of being, it's completely different. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's what happens during Lexio is that you get invitations from the Spirit, from Jesus, Inviting you into a new way of being rather than you coming up with, oh, two or three different ways that God would like to see me change because I'm such a jerk. <laughs> the irony is that it, it, it's an easier path. Oh, it is because it's <laughs> relational instead of mechanical. Yeah. Everything about God is relational. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And that's kind of what makes it so fun, and it's it's what makes you never lonely. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, so we we often miss that mm -hmm. issue, but um, I try to make sure that I set it up well enough that you and God can have a great conversation. Yes, an invitation to a great conversation. Yes, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> that would have been a good subtitle. Very good. So. <laughs> You should be in marketing, Nathan. <laughs> well, thanks, Jan. <laughs> in fact, I'm going to write that down. That is very good. Okay. Very cool. Yeah, okay. Take it. <laughs> One of the things I really appreciate about this book is the the narrative arc you're taking in, in terms of the, um, you know, all 40 of them has this, you're going somewhere. Maybe that's not the right way to say it. Um, but you know, starting with the first one, God's opinion of me, and then, you know, five mm -hmm. times working with that and the next one to identity. 
uh, and then living in kingdom and uh, the reality of God. I, I, I just love the narrative arc of where this ends up going. Was was that in, intentional for you? Yes, and in a way, I thought I, I sort of wanted to back off from that because I'm leading the witness a little. Okay. On the other hand, um, and I had a good conversation with Jim Wilhoyt, who teaches this at Wheaton, mm-hmm. and he said, no, Jan, he said, I think you need to stick with your topics because people need a place to jump in, mm-hmm. and they need to be able to look at those topics and say, oh, okay, this being transformed into Christ-likeness, or this, there's a section on facing fears, frustrations, and discouragement. There's another one on healing life wounds. He said, they, they need that. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be really helpful because because what I find is that I go different places and I teach people how to do this. And then, and they all say, oh, I'm going to do this. And then I come back and they aren't doing it. They need, they need to be led by the hand a little bit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, that's what I do. And I do like a lot of the background study, the word studies. I do the study component because I think that study is step one and meditation is step two. Mm-hmm. And when we, when we split those, I think we're kind of in trouble mm-hmm. because meditation without study can often be, oh, what one of Dallas's students called diving board Lexio. <laughs> I read the passage and who knows where we're going you know, because I'm, I've just sort of whatever. And, but people who study without, meditating without mm-hmm. doing mm-hmm. the Lexio portion, they, they have a nice little um, addition to their knowledge, mm-hmm. their factual knowledge, but they don't know Jesus any better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the, I believe... No experience tied to the, the study. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what Scripture is there for, is for us to meet God. Mm-hmm. Well, I think you, you did really well with that balance of giving enough you know, kind of historic context or word um, explanation to, 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 I mean, that's there, the kind of theological stuff, but then moving into now, uh, go do, go explore, go, go find and space for that. Um, I mean, is that, does that say it? Yes. And I also did cultural context because if you think of the, like the widow of Nain and Jesus, this is such a shocking story. Jesus walks through the gates of the town and sees this this woman. It says he was moved with compassion for her. Mm-hmm. What would make him talk to a corpse? Think about it. if you were at a funeral and someone talked to a corpse. I mean, <laughs> wouldn't that be strange? And he goes over and talks to the corpse. And what does it is it says he's moved with compassion because he sees her. This is her only son and she's a widow. So she is going to have to become a slave or a prostitute most likely. And he looks at her, has compassion for her, and starts talking to the boy. Mm-hmm. And when when you know that and you can picture the look on Jesus' face when he sees her, and you know, maybe the crowd was talking about this and that's why he knew, but um, you, you see, this has had such a huge effect on me. Mm-hmm. Jan, jump in. When the compassion comes to you, you, you want to be sensible, and, mm-hmm. and I haven't talked to a corpse, but um, yeah. go, go ahead and he didn't, you know, see, I hesitate and I go, well, should I do this or mm-hmm. maybe not? Or, and he just dived right in and um, because he was moved with compassion. That's mm-hmm. just what Jesus was like. 
Mm-hmm. Those poor disciples are standing there going, I can't believe he's doing this. Um, <laughs> but to know the cultural context is beautiful. And then to know that he's just like, I don't know, four or five, six miles from Nazareth, where they try to throw him off a cliff. Mm-hmm. And, and wow, what did the, Nazare- the Nazarenes think when they heard this? Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. You know, mm-hmm. this is the guy we tried to kill. Mm-hmm. Um, so all of that cultural stuff, I think, is very important. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We get a feel for what it was like. Mm-hmm. Yes, in, in, engaging, implicating ourselves in the story. Um, yes, being well. I think as you move through it, and and well, you give a helpful piece in here that you don't necessarily have to start at the beginning of the book. Right. You kind of jump in with something that. Seems helpful, a place. For, right. For I would ask the spirit. Mm-hmm. In fact, I've been accused of answering every question that way. Ask the spirit. <laughs> <laughs> um, one thing that might be helpful if you're going to look at order is that there's call out boxes all throughout. I think there's maybe 15 or 16 and they kind of go in order. If you want instruction on how to do this uh-huh. or, okay, why didn't she do that? And so that, that is kind of in order, but, um, I'm, I, I sprinkled them throughout so that you could learn as you go along. Plus, I wanted you to stay in the exercise. We really learn by doing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right, right. Well, it, it seems to the, the kind of narrative arc to me is this, it just goes deeper and deeper uh, the further you go, um, which, which I, I thought was really nice. Well, tell me, Jan, why this book? Why did you write this book? Well, mostly because um, I teach this stuff and then people don't actually do it. And that's what made me realize they need to be led by the hand. And I guess in my life, this particular interaction, type of interaction with God has has been probably the most forming um, influence in my life. Because it's rolled together then with what happens that day after Mm -hmm, I've mm -hmm. been in this passage. And I see, I see Jesus lived out in my life through, through myself sometimes, but in other people too. And then I, I resonate with what I meditated on. And so I just have found it to be very forming Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. in the middle of the rest of my life. Cause like the last section is about partnering with God. And so there's, um, partnering with God in, in ministry. So to be able to look at how God partners with us and then it affects all of life. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. most spiritual practices, as you know, ordinary saint, <laughs> no, aren't, that on me. <laughs> aren't, aren't done in little cubby holes. They all yeah. just kind of overlap mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. you're in the middle of a situation and all of a sudden you're seeing the passage you just meditated on sort of playing itself out right in front of you. You're going, okay, mm-hmm. this is how it works. This is what it looks like. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I was just getting ready to trash this person I volunteer alongside. Uh, gee. <laughs> <laughs> and and I can hear that passage speaking to me again. Yes. It reminds me of something. I was, I was actually just reading today something you wrote um, in the Eternal Living book. Uh, oh, okay. The, the essays about, about Dallas. And, mm-hmm. and I, I found you so wonderful. Uh, so this is, this is a quote from Dallas, but I think it fits into what you're saying. If you train yourself to thank God when these coincidences happen, you'll see them as patterns in your life. 
The critical thing is to be attentive to God's hand, not get locked into thinking, is this me in the pipe? Never do that. Oh, <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. I, can you tell the pipe story? Well, I, um, this was um, the first time I ever went to his house, and I was interviewing him for a discipleship journal. And before I left, this was, oh, gee, you know, in the 90s, Outlook was like new and horrible. And <laughs> you thought you were going to die, you know. <laughs> I think it's still I, horrible. <laughs> I, I've been on CompuServe, which, you know, if, you only know about that if you're older than rocks. But um, So I'd been doing that, and then I was transferring over. And honest, I was in tears. And then I looked at my watch, and I said, okay, i got to go interview Dallas. So I gather up all my equipment, and, and I get over there, and, and he's talking to me, and he said, he said, if you are a plumber, and he paused, you know, and tilts his head the way he did. He said, if you were a plumber and you're working on the pipes in your house and you're out there in the yard and it's all this stuff is laying out there, he said, and then he said to me, it's never just you and the pipe. Mm-hmm. And I remember I looked at him and what I could hear was, it's never just you and outlook. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, you always invoke, I think I have the exact words in that in eternal living, but the idea is that you always invoke the presence of God mm-hmm. and that God would be the, your companion in the work. And, and so over the years, I've said that to myself a lot. Okay. It's, it's, it's never just you in this delayed flight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> It's never just you in this crabby person at the Samaritan Center where I volunteer. Mm-hmm. It's never just, you know, me and this whatever, this physical issue, mm-hmm. whatever little disease I'm dealing with now. It's never just me and that. Mm-hmm. We always invoke the presence of God. So I guess in this book, it's it's never just you mm-hmm. and and you trying to make anything happen. The presence of God is, is I hope that you invoke the presence of God all around it. At least as I wrote it, that's what I tried to do. Mm-hmm. So that the Spirit would speak to people the way they need to hear mm-hmm. today. Mm-hmm. In the midst of their lives. Right. The, um, the concept that's been running in my head for the last few months is this idea that God is ever intent on on us and being involved in our lives and um, <laughs> constantly working things and situations around us and oftentimes without our uh, awareness, but that simple act of tuning in to what God is already doing and, and, and maybe uh, you know a good book and uh, your book in particular here gives space for us to tune into what God is already doing uh, in in the midst of our life. Whether that be with plumbing or uh, washing dishes, huh? <laughs> There's this great line in Divine Conspiracy where he, he's talking about something, and he said, and just parenthetically says, "Jesus, who is now at work in the universe." <laughs> I don't know, and and I I put it in this thing that I was reading every morning for a while, and it just cracks me up. I'm going, "Jesus is now at work in the universe." I could join him. <laughs> <laughs> Or I could just keep being crabby, you know, which, which one? And I thought, no, I think I, I'm up for the adventure. Yes, yes. Well, and, and thank you for joining him in the work by crafting this writing project. I think it'll be a great help to people. Oh, it, it, I, I hope so. 
because it's just been enormous fun to me. Yes. Good. Well, you know, the things we enjoy doing often tend to be the best in, in a way, huh? Yeah. And also, it, it's, it gives space for God to confront us in a way that is very relational. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And very invitational, like what you said a few minutes ago, because it's it's not, uh, I have often in scripture meditation, I've had a sense of God saying, almost like we're sitting on a park bench together, and Jesus has come and sat down next to me and said, so girl, <laughs> what do you think? What do you think about this? And I'm going, I didn't really want to talk about this today. <laughs> And, but I guess it's time for us to talk about this. And, and so what I do when I do Lexio is the prayer portion. I always write that, um, not because I'm cool, but because I'm not. <laughs> Otherwise, my, my mind wanders, you know. Mm. I'm, I think I'm meditating, but I'm actually doing a grocery note. So um, <laughs> if I write the prayer, it keeps me anchored and centered, and it makes me Realize I am speaking directly to God. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. And this is cool. So um, to be able to say, I have a sense that you're confronting me about this, and I really don't want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And then I pause. See. Okay, if we are going to talk about this. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's what we want this to be, is a, a space for conversation with God. Yeah, yeah. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Uh, well, the, the the book again, the title, Meeting God in Scripture, a hands-on guide to Lexio Divina, uh, and that's out by InterVarsity Press. Yes. Jan, thank you so much uh, again for joining me. Oh, you're welcome, Nathan. It's always a delight. <laughs>